This is the Love That Album Compilation Edition, covering soundtracks, tribute albums, best ofs, box sets, and more. Hello, Eric Reanimator here, back again. Another Love That Album compilation edition. This time around, we're going to be talking about two compilations. We'll be talking about the Columbia Country Classics Volume 3 Americana. And I'm going to be talking about the first volume of a 12-volume series. I'm sorry, 13-volume series called The Fistful of Rock and Roll Compilations. We're going to start off with the Columbia Country Classics. Obviously, uh, Columbia they are referring to is the Columbia record label, which had a great classic roster of country music that was either recorded under the Columbia label or labels that were absorbed by Columbia, stretching back to the early days of recorded music, 1920s. There's actually two volumes in the series before this one, and the first one deals with a lot of 30s classics like Gene Autry, The Carter Family, Bill Monroe. And, of course, the one and only Bob Wills. The compilation series highlights the uh, classic tracks from a lot of these artists. Included on Volume 3 is Johnny Cash, Marty Robbins, Lefty Frizzell, and the one and only Johnny Horton. We took a little bacon and we took a little beans And we caught the bloody British in a town in New Orleans We fired our guns and the British kept a-coming There wasn't as many as there was a while ago we fired once more and they began to run it On down the Mississippi to the Gulf of Mexico We looked down a river and we saw On a mountaintop in Tennessee Green estate in the land of the free Raised in the woods so he knew every tree Killed him a bar when he was only three Davy, Davy Crockett King of the wild frontier Fought single-handed through the engine war Till the creeks was whipped and the peace was in store and While he was handling this risky chore Made himself a legend forevermore As I noted, the uh, subtitle for this album is actually Americana And a lot of that has to do with the kind of historic and western imagery That is contained in a lot of these songs And throughout the era... Of the 1950s, there was a particular obsession with the uh, the mythos of the West, and westerns were big on television. You'll find a number of TV western theme songs on this compilation, and it's safe to say that at the time when you thought of country, it was country and western music. You know, there's that great joke in the Blues Brothers about we have both kinds of music here, country and western. This is definitely heavy on the western, and largely western has fallen out of the country mix in the last several decades, probably since the mid-60s, just as the Western has fallen out of the popular culture. Now, there are a couple of places where Western music can be found. 
Today, yes, there is still a traditional Western music scene that is populated largely with people that are playing the old Western classics, but there's also a whole lot of Western imagery and heavy metal of all places. Everything from Judas Priest to Bon Jovi to a whole range of goth metal, uh, Western metal, post-apocalyptic metal that, that definitely hold that and keep that cowboy imagery and those those ideas within uh, not only the music but also within the fashion and the lyrics. There also was an 80s cowpunk scene which uh, is a scene that I, I really really love and it's something I'm going to hopefully talk about later on down the road in another one of these episodes. As with any subgenre, there is the good and the bad. You get the cheesy, you get the the highbrow, you get the more literary, you get the more passionate, you get the more direct, you get stuff that's more uh, fractured, you get the reimagining, and this compilation contains all of that. Whether it is Fess Parker doing the Ballad Davy Crockett or Battle of New Orleans, or it's something a lot more esoteric, like the Highwaymen doing the Highwayman. Marty Robbins with Big Iron and Johnny Cash with Don't Take Your Guns to Town. And just as the Western was uh, reimagined during the 1970s as a genre of anti-heroes or outsiders or psychedelic Westerns or what have you, music was doing the same thing. You had the outlaw country movement. You had the country rock movement of the 1970s and a lot of the groundwork for that music was laid during this 1950s Americana time, which does take up the bulk of this compilation, but then you get tracks like these. You're concerned about my happiness, but all that thought you've given me is conscience, I guess. If I were walking in your shoes, I wouldn't worry not. While you and your friends are worried about me, I'm having lots of fun. Thousand flowers on the wall. That don't bother me at all Playing solitaire till dawn With the deck of 51 down to Georgia. He was looking for a soul to steal. He was in a bind because he was way behind and he was willing to make a deal. When he came across this young man sewing on a fiddle and playing it hot and the devil jumped up on a hickory stump and said, boy, let me tell you what. I guess you didn't know it, but I'm a fiddle player too. And if you'd care to take a dare, I'll make a bet with you. Now you play pretty good fiddle, boy, but give the devil his due. I bet a fiddle of gold against your soul because I think I'm better than you. The boy said, my name's Johnny, and it might be a sin, but I'll take your bet you're going to regret because I'm the best as ever been. Johnny now, for a lot of people, that's kind of hokey music. You get the Startler Brothers, which most people know that track from Pulp Fiction. You get The Devil Went Down to Georgia, which, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a weird place in the history of country music. It's that post-outlaw, pre-country you know country pop that we got in the late 80s, early 90s, and it, it's just... You know, that's an odd moment for country music. It's a moment when a generation is aging out of the population and a new generation is being, I don't want to say alienated, but there's definitely this schism. And you've got, you know, you've got this traditional rock and roll time that's 
that's entering into the rural areas during the 80s with MTV and Top 40 Radio and all those things. So the idea that Devil Went Down to Georgia would be a hit, it, it makes complete sense because that's kind of a rock and tune and it's something that you know it's, anyone can get into. But when it comes to the mixture of Americana and the great Western mythology and the great songwriting of the 1970s, you know, um, as much as I love the song Highwaymen, which is, is definitely a, a, you know, a track that everyone needs to hear, there is one song and one hit song from the early 80s that really combines that 1950s Western Americana mythos with the 70s outlaw singer songwriter mentality, and then unfortunately with bad 80s pop production and that song is of course the classic one of the greatest songs ever written Poncho and Lefty Living on the road my friend was gonna keep you free and clean and now you wear your skin like iron and your breath is hard as kerosene weren't your mama's only boy favorite one it seemed she began to cry when she said goodbye sang to your dream now there's a lot of great versions of that song there's the Hoyt Axton version there's the Emmy Lou Harris version one of my favorites is from a San Francisco band called Hammerlock but for better or worse, the Willie Nelson and Merle Haggard version was the big hit. And yes, I would love to hear that remixed with those 80s synth strings dropped out and maybe a little more grit. There's actually a really good live version with Toby Keith and um, Willie and, and Merle that's worth seeking out. But I think that song really sums up what Americana is all about, this kind of wistful dreaming for a time and a place that maybe was there and maybe wasn't happen happening and maybe things weren't all what they seemed and definitely it, it's it's two uh the 1950s songs like ballad of paladin or about you know ballad of david crockett what proposition is to the searchers you know they're all great they all have their place but poncho and lefty is kind of the the summation of the, the, I don't know. It's the summation of the whole impulse to to t- tear down mythology, but also to build mythology. You know, it, it's a lyrical. It's it's got this poetic. Um, I don't know. There's a scene in the the film, the documentary on Towns Van Zant, who wrote the song, uh, where Chris Christopherson is in his most gravelly voice, reciting those opening lyrics, and it just just gives me a chill. So, anyways. Obviously, highly recommended this uh, Columbia Classics, or I'm sorry, Columbia Country Classics Volume 3 Americana. You know, here in the States, you know, when I bought this almost a decade ago now, it was like 10 bucks. So you can find these cheap. Uh, The other volumes, you know, if you want to check out some really early stuff, yeah, go for it. Uh, It's it's hard to beat. Um, There's some great songs. Nothing that necessarily is going to come out of nowhere to um, blow you away, but... You know, uh, 
you could do a lot worse. So uh, going to take a little bit of a break now, come back, talk about this whole rock and roll. But, you know, going to leave with just a bit more of uh, Lefty Frizzell's Saginaw, Michigan. And when we come back, we'll be talking about some high-energy garage rock and roll. My dad was a poor, hard-working Saginaw fisherman. Too many times he came home with too little pay. I love the girl in Saginaw, Michigan. The daughter of a wealthy, wealthy man. But he called me that son of a Saginaw fisherman. And not good enough. To claim his daughter's hand Now I'm up here in Alaska Looking around will save rock and roll as the dictators in a recent single we will shout the bands on this fistful of rock and roll yeah baby this is it the definite document the current state of rock and roll and despite all reports to the contrary it sounds pretty damn healthy to me like stealth bomber the groups on this compilation represent direct lifelines between you and all that is still vital exciting about music today This is the last chance we have of keeping rock and roll around for another 50 years. That opens the essay that uh, you can find inside the Fistful of Rock and Roll Volume 1 compilation from that far-off distant land of 1999. Has it really been 15 years? Simply put, this is the first in the 13-volume series, and I should add that Disc 13 is actually Parts 1, 2, and 3. Uh, so, what, 16 discs, 15-something or other discs? Anyway, the, the whole idea was to get a snapshot of the state of rock and roll circa 1999 and to bring to the fore those bands that were out there shaking their fist at the sky, screaming, 
There's more than the Backstreet Boys. There's more than Britney Spears out there. There's a whole generation of bands that grew up listening to Deep Purple, Cheap Trick, Alice Cooper, Michael Jackson, U2, Guns N' Roses, even Nirvana. And they've got something to say and they want their shot at that hit single or that screaming at the world or that taking over your radio. And alas, unfortunately, spoiler alert, it didn't really amount to a whole lot. But you know what? I got 13 discs or however many discs of great rock and roll. Starting off with volume one. The plan was this. There was going to be a volume each month during the year of 1999. And then in January of 2000, there was supposed to be a double album that would be volume 13. All of this was in response to what was being called at the time the anti-rock and roll conspiracy. I think that we have seen enough evidence and heard enough evidence since then to realize that the music industry as a whole was, in fact, ready to phase out rock and roll. They were happy to collect the dollars that the pre-manufactured boy bands, girl bands, and controlled singer-songwriter fake punks like Angriel Levine and whoever else I've forgotten from that time period would sell their allotted quota for the quarter and then either they would get another hit for the quarter or they would slowly fade away from public view to be replaced with yet another set of young faces, young bodies with pre-manufactured music. This, of course, was nothing new. The music industry had been doing it since the 1950s. Pre-manufactured pop, bubblegum pop, cash-in novelty songs, fake product of all kinds has always been part of the music industry cycle. However, the late 90s was the first time that the industry managed to control the voices from the underground and prevent them from becoming a above-ground act in the way that you saw in the 50s with rockabilly artists, or in the 60s with the psych bands, or the 70s with the punk bands, or the 80s with metal bands, or the early 90s with the alternative bands. No matter how hard the record industry tried in those days, they had to conceive that for whatever it was worth, that as much as they wanted to sell new kids on the block, they had to have the Guns N' Roses album, they had to have replacements out there, they had to keep their fingers on the pulse of the underground, they had to nurture they had to let Springsteen or Zeppelin have three albums or four albums that didn't sell before they got that hit. And knowing that, hey, we're going to sell this guy's music forever, this band's music forever. By the 90s, it was, we're done with these weirdos. We can't control them. You know, the fall of Nirvana, the fall of Guns N' Roses, the lack of staying power of bands like Porno for Pyros or the Butthole Surfers. They just threw their hands in the air and said, let's make as much money as possible. But... In the underground, there were these voices, and they were calling out to be heard, and they sounded like this.
tracks of pure rock and roll drawing from Cheap Trick drawing from the Stooges and the Dead Boys and the ACDC of course this was the music of energy this was the music of youth this was the music of people screaming at the world and yes lyrically sometimes they weren't saying much it was a cathartic release but oftentimes there was something to be said when I opened this segment, I played the track Alternative Nation by the band Nutrajet. I think that's one of the great lost tracks of the 1990s. I think it says something about what was going on and the selling of culture to young people. Additionally, along with that introductory call to arms in the liner notes, the history of rock and roll was examined and bands were called out, artists were called out for people. Hey, you like this? You need to go back and hear Eddie Cochran. You need to go back and hear... Uh, Blue Oyster Cult, and you need to go back and check out the original punk bands and the proto-punk bands. You know, you need to listen to some surf music. You know, I'm saying that, and it sounds really like you need to do this, but it was more saying this is where this came from. Link Ray. You had what I call the Louie Louie reduction, which I'm sure I've talked about before. Basically, each musical generation has a moment where the previous generation becomes too polished and too professional and too proficient even and it has to be stripped down to the most basic the Louie Louie of each generation it could be Louie Louie or God Save the Queen or Welcome to the Jungle or Smells Like Teen Spirit it's all a reduction back to the basis, bas- yeah, basics taking with it the knowledge of what's come before and building upon it Predominantly the bands that are on this first volume of the compilation come from the United States, but the real hotbeds of this music really emanated from the Nordic lands of Sweden, Norway, Finland, a lot of the bands from Australia, and of course the United States and Canada, but not just the typical locations you would imagine. Bands in this compilation are from every second city in America from Seattle to Dallas to Bloomington, Indiana, Huntsville, Alabama even, just all over the place, Florida. These were bands that were in the middle of nowhere as far as the music industry was concerned. And yet here I am a decade later talking about them. Actually, my math is off. It's more than a decade. It's been 15 years since this compilation was released. There was a much excitement when the first six volumes were released by TP Records. The rumor was that the vinyl sold out in Europe in something like a week. And the CD sold decently in the States, but apparently they did not sell well enough for TP Records to keep the project going. And over the next several years, because that's how long it took for these compilations to come out, various other labels stepped in to pick up the slack. At any rate, Fistful of Rock and Roll, Volume 1, All of the volumes, in fact, are worth seeking out, picking up. It's worth discovering bands that were forgotten and lost. Bands that didn't make it that maybe should have. Bands that didn't make it that maybe shouldn't have, but still left something interesting behind. So we're going to leave now with a little bit of a band called Zeke. It's been Eric Reanimator. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you all later.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.